Welcome to Sparks Comics. This is Jeremy, one of your hosts of the comic interviews and comic reviews. Uh, please stay tuned for these, this episode uh, where I interview the artist of a Kickstarter comic, Dino Thrashers, that is being published by Ageless Press uh, and one of the co-founders of Ageless Press, Matt Kuhnd. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in. Uh, tonight, we've got uh, got two guests with us. We have the writer and the publisher of a very awesome thrill of a title called Dino Thrashers. Uh, issue two will be coming out on Kickstarter on May 1st, and it's called Fire and Ice. So please welcome Noah Ray and Matt Kuhn, writer and publisher. Thank you. Thank you so much. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well. Uh, happy to be here. Happy to, to talk some comics and uh, talk about uh, Diner Thrashers and whatever else uh, comes up. Same Absolutely. here. Definitely. Same here. Yeah. Excited to talk about it. Uh, really got into the groove of that theme song there. I was like, <laughs> like entering in, like putting me in a nice, nice spot. Yeah. Awesome. I. I, I did that just playing around with like the uh, what's it called the Garage Band uh, little loops. Mm -hmm. um, I have some fun with that sometimes, and I like that one, and and that that just stuck. Matt does the same thing, so check out check out our Kickstarter on May first just to see what the beats the the, the, <laughs> the beats the, that uh, Matt created for our for our Kickstarter. Yeah, trailer. the 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 fire and ice the fire and ice beats that I that I made. Yeah, yeah. That, Awesome. Yeah. Reason enough to go uh, find this Kickstarter, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, if you like that opening track, you're going to love this one. Just saying. Yeah. Which, by the way, in the description below, for those of you watching, uh, there are links to the Kickstarter, to, um, let's see, I think Ageless Press's uh, Twitter and probably Instagram. There's a lot of links in the description. There's probably too many links in the description, but they're all down there. <laughs> Uh, but most importantly, the Kickstarter link. Um, so to kick it off, I guess let's, I'll have both of you tell everyone how you got into writing comics, into publishing comics, editing comics, all of that. Just a little bit of, I guess, your origin story in, in comics. Yeah, you go ahead, Matt. Okay. Well, I probably have sort of the classic origin story, but then I also probably have like the the, the rebirth, uh, like the restart of the, the universe. Um, I probably picked up my first comic at a, a drugstore off of a spinner rack, and it was probably a G.I. Joe issue in like the, the 50, the number, like the 50, 51 sort of issue. And it was knowing the, the cartoon on the show and seeing the book and picking that up and reading that. And then it was sort of like, you know, those were the days where there was, you know, you didn't know what was coming out. You sort of basically figured that you needed to go back to that spinner rack every 30 days and hope that that next issue was there. So I built a, you know, I 
pretty decent run of, of G.I. Joe, um, sort of branched off, uh, you know, got some Spider-Man books, some Captain America books. Weirdly enough, I didn't know this at the time, but I guess I was very sort of uh, doing that whole DC versus Marvel thing early on. And like the DC books didn't really appeal to me other than maybe some, you know, cool looking Batman covers. So it was a lot of Marvel books. Um but mo- like most people, I sort of fell away from it for a while. Um, but then uh, later, um, it was sort of uh, one day I was just sitting in my office uh, at work. And I remember being sort of cold and gray. And I was like, you know, I just want to do something that was fun that I used to enjoy when I was a kid. And I was like, comic books. So I searched for, um, you know, it wasn't really, I didn't really know a lot about podcasts at the time. So I searched for uh you know comics on there and i just started listening and that sort of rekindled the uh the joy of of comics and found a comic book shop uh near where i work started a pull list and it's been it's been going uh for about uh, another 10 years um so that's sort of my origin with with comics um as far as like trying to want to make them um i had a friend who told me that uh omni press was taking writer submissions um and at that point you didn't need to have any art with it so it was just sort of like a low uh easy entry point to to try to do it so i wrote two pitches they were not accepted um then some more sort of researching i saw the the whole kickstarter thing was was gaining some movement so i took both of those properties that i had wrote um being digital forever and another book called the reset um learned a little bit about Kickstarter and ran Kickstarters for both of those. Um, and since then I've been, I've been trying to, to make comics in, in different forms. Awesome. Yeah. And multi larceny. Can't forget about that one on Kickstarter. That was yeah, a- that was, yeah. The digital forever and the reset were the first sort of two properties that I, that I tried to, to make. And so, you know, taking those to Kickstarter, but yeah, you're right. No, multi larceny was in between those two all three great books as yeah um yeah and then uh for me it's it's sort of similar i think it was spider-man that got me into it like i just love that character still love him everything like that and i got like a free comic from walmart or something like that with spider-man instantly fell in love with the storytelling and it's sort of funny because like in high school like i kind of got to that snob phase of like early high school and i was just looking down on comics and things like that and then like by the end of high school, got back into comics and realized how much I loved them through people like Frank Miller and, you know, like Alan Moore and stuff like that. Then uh, going through what little college I did, going back through old sketchbooks from when I was a little kid and realizing that I've been drawing comics for as long as I've been drawing. So I, I love drawing comics. I've always loved drawing comics. And it was sort of a nice discovery of that around the time I was about 2021 and uh, shortly around that time, I was realizing I really loved comics. I wanted to draw them. Um, I got sort of hooked up and I got kind of gypped by a bunch of people who were trying to took advantage of a guy who just loved drawing comics. So I was having a really rough time realizing that coming out of that sort of like awful period of realizing how much I was taken advantage of. And so I was just sort of like bombing around, not knowing what I was doing. A friend of mine gave me a script to draw some comic, a comic based off of. And I worked at the local community center. 
um, in this area where I live now. And um, one day this guy walks in with his little girl to go use the pool. And he sees me working on a comic and he's like, oh, you draw comics? And he was like, he's like, I got some ideas. And it was Matt. So that's where Matt and I started off. Um, mm, was just right awesome. there, just like you know, like what 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 were the chances that the guy working the front desk at the community center would be a comic artist, and one day the comic writer would walk in, and since then Matt and I have had this creative partnership where either he's writing the comic and I'm drawing the comic, then that evolved into us co-hosting our constructing comics podcast, mm -hmm. which is I like I'm so proud of like what we both have done is pretty amazing and like continues to be amazing for, for me personally. And then on top of that, like it's evolved in different ways. So last year it was our first project. We had our first projects co-writing a comic together, not me drawing, but both of us co-writing a short comic. And then um, last year I got some scripts for Dino Thrashers to draw. And um, the writer, Mike McCarthy, who couldn't be here tonight. He sent me the scripts I loved the characters and what they like, you know, what the possibilities I was like, these are characters I would love to draw, but I never worked with Mike before and I wanted to draw the characters, but I also wanted that like security, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me bring in my friend, Matt, who's done Kickstarters and wants to be like, get his hands, like, you know, wants to sort of like get into the publishing end of things too. Let me pitch this to him as him being a publisher and sort of the Kickstarter runner. And that sort of that was another evolution of our partnership as well. So Matt acting as the publisher in that area and, you know, me as the artist and, you know, a lot of the, you know, the success of the first Kickstarter for Dino Thrashers is all because of Matt's huge input, you know, diligent promoting, making sure that the rewards that that, of course, I got my stuff done on time, that Alfred the Colors got his stuff in on time, making sure that all of us got paid. And then making sure that the rewards got shipped out in a good time. And I'm pretty proud that like of Matt have Matt being a part of it because like for a Kickstarter, like we got our rewards out within like five months of when it started, you know, like that's pretty good for a Kickstarter. Um, that's all due to Matt. So I love, like I, I love our partnership excited that we keep doing it. You know, it's a, uh, it's been a great ride. So that's my origin story. Yeah awesome that you guys just by chance met and that kicked off all of this for you guys yeah i was you know like i like noah said i came into the use the pool i was going to sign us in and he had sort of the the i think it was probably like a full size 11 by 17 board sort of like propped up and i was like hey what are you doing back there and I think you gave me, you, it, we, we talked for roughly maybe two, three minutes because, you know, I had the kids and I, they were excited to get to the pool. You gave me a card. Um, you know, I followed everybody uh, or, you know, I followed you on Instagram. And then uh, we talked about working together and we decided to, to start small. Um, and we did this five page story um, called uh, Our Extinction, which is basically um, a zombie story, but it was sort of like what would happen if like Big Pharma could uh, profit off of zombies and it sort of has a twist ending. So that was the, the first awesome. thing we did because we wanted to start off sort of small and try to figure out our process. And since then it's sort of grown from, you know, five pagers to eight pagers. Um, 
and with a, a you know stories together for anthologies that were sometimes eight to ten, and then um, with Diner Thrashers we went you know full on single issue, uh, twenty three pages. So um, just sort of building it up from from there. And there's probably not a day that goes by where. No, and I don't text something about some sort of story element or some sort of art that we saw that, that we're really into. So, um, you know, it's just every day and it's just sort of building, building from there. And um, we get along really well. And I think what happened, I think one thing that was really good with Dino Thrashers is that like, um, I didn't really have to. I didn't really have to vet it that much when it was proposed to me because Noah had already sort of vetted it. And like, I knew that we had a lot of the same sensibilities and like, you know, he could tell if the script wasn't going to work. So like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, coming to me, it was sort of like a a really easy, like, yes, let's, let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. And I, and it was also like kind of fortuitous because, Matt's a huge G.I. Joe guy. He kind of got me into G.I. Joe comics through the podcast where we talked about a couple of those classic Marvel G.I. Joe books. Mm -hmm. So early last year, we had been talking about possibly like I had some ideas for something along the lines of like a G.I. Joe book. And then the Dino Thrasher script came in and that had so many like G.I. Joe elements. And I was just like, this is it right here, you know. (laughs) <laughs> and so it, it kind of landed in our laps like this was something that both matt and i wanted to work on so it was like let's run with this and uh i love i love drawing it i'm really proud of it it's uh it was a great ride and i think issue two is going to be about the same <laughs> yeah uh for those that are watching if you haven't seen i did a review on dino thrashers number one um so find that on the channel after this and and see See what it's about, um, but Noah, if you want to give your own description of what Dino Thrashers is about for everyone watching, yeah, your review nailed it. I loved how you started it off with like you know a group of paleontologists out in the desert, uh, unspecified desert, as I love it. You know, nothing's very specified in the book, but you know, it's just sort of fun in that way. But you know group of paleontologists out there in the desert looking for dinosaur bones and they come across this this transmitter of sorts that they think is an egg at first but it's this Mm -hmm. ancient technology and they accidentally activate the ancient technology and what it does is it summons these interstellar you know this interstellar super squad of humanoid dinosaurs from outer space and they come to this planet and realize that there's another group of interstellar super squad of dinosaurs but they're evil Mm-hmm. And so the Dino Thrashers, the good dinosaurs, decide to recruit the paleontologists in this ongoing war with these evil dinosaurs, the pterosaurs. And that's the gist of the book is, the you know, you've got the uh, you got good guys versus bad guys and the humans who started out in between and now joining the side of the good guys to help fight the bad guys. And issue two is just sort of continuing where we left off. You know, issue one sort of ends on this cliffhanger of like, you know, this is just the start of the war. A lot of issue one isn't like boring setup, but it's definitely setup of the characters and the world that they inhabit and what's at stake. And then issue two is just, you know, where we go from there. Like, how does the how does the war proceed from here on out? It's mm-hmm. not like an all out war. Like we have some fun things starting off in this issue. Like first five pages that'll be up on the Kickstarter will be all about the Dino Thrasher sending in two of the paleontologists to infiltrate the pterosaur's base. So you'll see some a preview of that. 
So that's where the issue two is going. And then it'll eventually, of course, like issue one, explode into more and more action as the issue progresses. And Mike's very, uh, Mike was very excited about this issue. He was like, hey, put in the work for issue one. You know, next couple issues are just going to be all action. And I'm trying to bring that myself too, where it's like, you know, just, you know, even pages that like, you know, are just people talking to just try to pack as much excitement into them as possible. So that, of course, because, you know, Obviously, if I'm getting bored drawing it, hope that means people reading it might be getting bored too. So I'm trying to keep that excitement, that action going, so that people can will come back and not feel like oh we're getting more of the same, you know. Yeah, and I, I thought in issue one you did a good job with the action sequences that did occur, um, and I think that's just setting up you know what we could be looking forward to in issue two right there. Oh, thanks. That means a lot, and uh, and a lot of the action how we got it to work was. Um, Alfred, my colorist, he's phenomenal. And you have uh, in the background of the stream right now, that's his cover mm -hmm. variant cover for issue two. Like he's brilliant. So like there was like, when we got to the action scenes, like I knew that like less was more on my side because Alfred just, you know, knows how to bring it just like that. You know, <laughs> he knows mm -hmm. how to bring it color wise and stuff like that. So that was like, it wasn't like it wasn't the easiest part, but it was definitely the most fun where I was just like, I know what Alfred's going to do with this and it's going to be awesome. And so, I, yeah, I got to give it to him for making those last couple pages land. So we have a, a question in the chat of how can they get issue one? Will that, that be option an option in the Kickstarter for issue two? Yeah, Matt. Um, yeah, Matt. Matt's uh, Matt's in charge of the rewards and there's a cat catch up uh tier right matt yeah we're gonna offer um both one and two um physically and digitally in this campaign so if you weren't able to get in on one um you know we are going to offer you ways to to catch up in uh in the kickstarter for for fire and ice and uh are we doing are we doing um all the variants for issue one or is it just one specific variant uh, no, there you can you can get um, all three covers to to issue one. Um, you know, if you decide that you want to just get one, that that's that's an option. Or if you decide that you know you're a completist and you you love to you know sort of collect all covers, you can you can choose that as well. And we we have awesome covers on on one. Um, we have one by uh, Wilson Gandolfo, who does the the Paranormal Hitmen book for Behemoth. Um, we have a we have another one that was done by uh, Travis Wells, um, who's going to have something from Ageless pretty soon. And then we also had a, a one that was done by Leonard Wu, who's an actor. He's been in a couple of a uh, couple of TV shows, and I also believe he was in Alita battle angel so he uh yeah. he did an issue uh he did a cover for us as well um so we have three we have three in issue one um we're gonna have another three and issue two and two of those are already completed uh, we have one by ian ashcroft um he's a really awesome artist out of england and then the uh the one that we showed the the alfred cover and then the third one is uh, being drawn um, right now, and that one's going to be awesome. And I think it's, uh, you know, if you like 80s stuff and you like Transformers, 
um, you're gonna you're gonna like that one. Definitely. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm I'm excited about all three. Like Ian's one of my favorite artists, and just so when he agreed to do a cover, it was like a dream come true. And then um, Alfred is a guy who obviously I love working with, but when he and I were introduced years ago, I like checked out his stuff immediately. And I was like, well, why isn't this guy just drawing the comic? You know, that kind of thing. Like, so <laughs> I was an instant fan of his work too. So I was so excited when he was like, yeah, I'll do, I'll do a cover. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited for the covers on this one. I was excited about the covers on the first one too. Cause Wilson knocked it out of the park with his um, Travis who actually like lived down the road from me at the time, you know, it was great because like I went and I picked up the original art for that cover and then took it home and scanned it, that kind of thing. And I was like, this is awesome. And <laughs> um, then uh, of course, Leonard's cover well, like was cool in the ink stage, but then Airtan Seahan colored it, did like an awesome job, just made it pop even more. And then he did the same, um, Airtan did the same with Travis's cover. Like Airtan was just knocking out of the park on all three covers because he, he covered he colored Wilson's cover as well. That, that's right. So Airtan Airtan brought it on the last issue with all the covers. And um uh it's kind of a like again like uh, the thing is is that like uh with the three on this time each artist has colored their own stuff. So like we're gonna have to find a way to get Airtan involved in some way on this campaign. Um, yeah because we need him. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get yeah, him on his own cover then. Ertan is doing the, uh, he does the line art and the colors on those backups in Paranormal Hitman. He's the, uh, he's the artist uh, of those. Okay. So he did the cover, yeah. he did the color on all three of the, the first. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a way. Cause that's another thing we like to do is like, um, and this worked out really well um, in the in the first issue is a number of the artists that I've worked with on on different projects were like, hey, do you want to take a, a stab at one of these characters and just put your own spin on it? So we've had, you know, um, you know, you know, of course, Wilson did the covers. We had sketches um, by like Kevin Zimmerman, who I did the reset with, or Oracle, who I did um, multi larceny. So we also we, we like to keep it. Um, you know, with the people that we worked with in the past and, you know, have yeah. them take different, uh, different stabs at things. And also like Noah's found that like, when we have these people take these different, uh, you know, take their own sort of, uh, design of these characters looking at the character designs they they put little tweaks and noah's going oh i really like that and he adds it into you know you know their uniform or their tech or stuff like that so it's sort of been an, a bit of an idea farm for for noah as well yeah definitely specifically kevin zimmerman last year did this pinup of brax the brachiosaurus pterosaur and uh in the script, like the character description, he has like a boom box, right? And my initial, my initial character, no, no, he didn't have a boom box in the character description. That was just something Kevin added was mm -hmm. him carrying this boom box. And I was like, oh, what if it was like an actual like boom box? So it was like a, it's a, it's a, it's a boom box with like a, a commando style multi like rocket launcher thing on top of it. So I, I, I those are the dino thrashers there which yeah but that's also interesting oh, yeah. too because um i had drawn that 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 splash before the guys had done their artwork yet but like wilson came in and drew tor mm -hmm. and i was like 
the 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 main velociraptor character in the center there mm -hmm. and i was like he, he drew his gun and i was like oh that's how i'm gonna draw the gun from here on out that kind of thing so that was another nice. thing there too so i was like yeah that's I, like I hadn't shown the, like him holding his guns yet or anything like that, but like Wilson drew it so cool, and I was like, "Yeah, I gotta borrow that." And uh, yeah, Kevin's boombox, a uh, lot of cool stuff there with with people bringing stuff. And then recently, Ian Ashcroft uh, drew Tigrella, who was on that last one. Mm -hmm. um, she's the uh, the 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 saber tooth tiger down there in the uh, I guess right hand corner. Yeah. Yeah, and he used a design that I was about to throw away, but he like reinvigorated my like like the the design that was used. And I was like, oh yeah, maybe I will use that design. So thank you, Ian. You know, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think I had to. I didn't have an image of the the pterosaurs, or I'd throw that up there too. Um, but it. Let me see. I think I can share. I'll I'll pull it up if you guys want to keep talking. Yeah. Yeah. I think just I, I love the the characters and I love so like I I don't remember if I said this in my um in my review or if I said it in the in the tweet that I sent out uh, when I posted the review but I got these like Transformers like Autobots versus Decepticons vibes right because the Autobots showed up and then the Decepticons showed up um, so I feel like Transformers fans you know minus the whole transforming part would like the the vibe uh, kind of nostalgia kind of vibe from that um but the you know having the leader we have uh tor on the dino thrashers right yeah yes yeah yeah and then uh julius rex for the the, the pterosaurs <laughs> yeah i like i got a picture of him pulled up let me try to share my screen uh-huh here share screen yeah, so like the the nostalgia bit. I know like Mike watches like a lot of old cartoons when he's when he's writing to sort of get into the the mindset of all of that sort of you know cool Transformers yeah. Thundercat stuff. So you guys see that right there? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's the pterosaurs right there. That's Julius Rex right there in the center, and there's Brax with his boombox, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, uh, very like I said. That's all Kevin's doing. And then, of course, Alfred just making it look cool with his colors. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, the character design of all of them and the names, I think, fit all of them very well. Yeah, definitely. And that's small Mike. You know, Mike. Uh, Mike's like, you know, this is all his idea, obviously, but he's the one that comes up with like the crazy throwback dialogue, you know. Mm -hmm. So you get like the the quippy the quippiness that you would get out of like TMNT or, or Transformers from Mike, and of course all their names yeah. are all from Mike. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny is I actually had the you know I had a question that was going to come up about you know the characters' personalities are you know they all got these very unique personalities, but it seems like there was some influence from like Transformers and, and TMNT were actually the two examples I had. So it's funny you brought up TMNT also. And and I, I can share a little bit of insight of that. And this is something Mike's shared with me and he's shared on other interviews as well, is that Mike, when he wrote the scripts, he would have old cartoons playing on in the background for dialogue inspiration. And uh, I wouldn't be able to work that way because like, you know, 
just like, be watching the whole time. <laughs> I'd just be watching. I'd be like, especially writing that kind of thing. Like I can't write yeah. stuff like that on in the background, but you could definitely feel that in these issues is that you can tell that Mike has a deep love for those kinds of things. And that shines yeah. through most of all in the dialogue. Which I think is a, a good reason for people to check out the comic because there's a lot of people out there in the community that are big fans of the, that, you know, nineties TMNT or earlier than that too. Like, transformers and all that like it's that and i wasn't even a big fan of that stuff back then but i still got those those vibes and i something that i loved about it and it's um it's something we talked about a couple nights ago too um you know what and matt brought this up is that like it's sort of timeless in a way and we're sort of at that it's timeless in a way of just sort of like this this book is feels very tongue-in-cheek at times, you know, with how like yeah. campy it can be with the dialogue. Um, but also it's something like it's kind of timeless for like kids. And Matt's got a great insight into this. But for me growing up, I'm not in the same generation as Mike, but I did grow up on reruns of those cartoons, you know, mm-hmm. and I loved them just as much as I'm sure kids in the 80s did, you know, like yeah. I, I like, you know, the, those like fox like superhero shows like spider-man and x-men and things like that like those rock my world um so there's obviously in the more obvious in that like nostalgia cycle of like the 80s and 90s so it you know yeah and, and yeah yeah matt's got better insights into it than i do yeah i mean just well we finished one we shared it with a couple of folks for for pull quotes and a couple of folks that we had relationships with that um you know were making comics just to sort of get some some reviews and you know what we were finding was you know folks that were a bit older that would have grown up with those cartoons they enjoyed it because of that um and then you know my son read it who's 13 and he read it because it was uh, you know, just a fun book of, you know, dinosaurs doing cool stuff. And then yeah. um, I was at a, a signing with Brett Murphy for Paranormal Hitman, and his kids are a little bit younger. They're in about the, like, the five to six age range. And uh, Brett's son came over, and he was like, hey, what's that? Because he just sees a cool dinosaur on the cover. And so, I, you know, I, I gave him a couple of copies, and I felt perfectly safe giving it to a six-year-old because, you know, there's comic book fighting in it right but there was nothing that he shouldn't see or that he probably isn't already exposed to with with like a you know a regularly scheduled network cartoon so like it's got that appeal from like six to mid to late 40s like everybody can sort of enjoy it for for different for different reasons and then there's like my six-year-old mother who picked it up and just had a laugh riot because she just thought it was silly you know, so like, I guess it's like six to 60. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's right. yeah. <laughs> Expand the demographics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're uh, not going after that 18 to 35. Uh, age group. We're going, <laughs> we, 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 we really brought six to 60. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, so I got, a, got a couple other questions, kind of uh, general ones for you guys. And, one one in particular for the the comic uh you know we've got our two teams in this next issue are we gonna have other dinosaurs coming in or is it kind of like that portal opened once and then that's like 
got the our set teams now that are going to be fighting over the earth. Um, it's it's just the two teams this time, but I, I was talking about it a couple nights ago, and it's sort of like with with the first issue, there were things I had to leave out because Mike was just sort of like just throwing how he sort of writes is he just throws everything at the wall. <laughs> like that's the scripts is just like overcrowded. And he gives me free reign to sort of condense it down to like what will fit on a page, basically. So there were a lot of things left out of the first issue. And it's kind of like how I think I I kind of like to describe it as like Mike wanted like like two years worth of like action figures in like one issue, that kind of thing. But like I kind of wanted to pare it down to just the action figures you see on the back of the box, that kind mm. of stuff. So like like this series of, of action figures is just what you get in this issue. And um, with with this issue, it's sort of the same method. So like, you know, it's this take on these, like, you know, like this set of action figures, right? Same as the first issue. So like different variants, but like what will be new, what will be the additions will be like the vehicles and stuff like that. So and on the, on the preview images on when you on Saturday, when you look at them issue on page four, we get the introduction of one of my new favorite characters, which is a vehicle. And it's this, it's this 1968 red Mustang. And right now, when you'll see it, it's just in its regular form. But when you get the issue, it's going to get souped up Dino Thrasher style. And like, that's something I'm really looking forward to drawing and, uh, and showing everyone. And um, you'll get stuff like that. Like I'm redoing, I just did a page with um, redoing the, uh, redoing just a little bit redoing the the pterosaurus hover bikes stuff like that so that's those are the additions as far as like key players go are mostly vehicles related stuff so they get they get some souped up rides is what i is what i'm hearing and it sounds like that's gonna make things interesting with the action i think so i definitely think so i don't want to like on the on the last issue, and this is just part of the reality of like, as you know, like this isn't our full-time jobs, right? You know, like this is our sort of like hobby time, you know? So I don't have as much time as I would like to sit down and take a lot of time to design vehicles and characters and stuff like that. Yeah. I had some time, but not enough. So a lot of it I had to do like, you know, just like a couple of sketches and then draw it on the page. And, um, but what's sort of nice with the second issue is sort of like being like looking back at that first issue and being like, okay, how can I enjoy drawing this more next time around? You know, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I enjoy drawing it the first time, but like pushing, challenging myself to draw it like a little more enjoyably to look at, you know, and uh, yeah, take it to the next level. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, um, I'm really excited to just, get back to, to drawing vehicles. Like I, I never thought I would say that because I hated drawing vehicles for the longest time. So this is great. This is a good book for that. Yeah. And I've, I've seen the, I've seen the unsouped up uh, version of the, the Mustang so far and, and that's pretty impressive. So I'm excited to see when the, the pages roll in and I, I get to see the souped up version. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, Mike is Mike's calling the souped up version uh sort of horsepower, it's mammoth power. Uh, that's that's what it is. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah. in terms of your your drawing style, what would you say? Who would you say are your your biggest influences in that? I I think like you know, I I I grew up looking at like you know, Ditko 
you know, because of Spider-Man. And then um, I loved, uh, you know, just because of how to draw comics the Marvel way, I love John Bashima. Mm -hmm. And then in high school, who I really gravitated towards because I was one of those edgy teenagers, I was like Frank Miller's, you know, <laughs> my, my boy. And um, but then I discovered like Steve McNiven and like all his crazy cross hatching and things like that. And I love okay. that. And yeah. I, I, I really love that. And I'm not saying like I ape his style or really try to go for his style a lot, but he's definitely one of those artists that I love. And like when I met him, I think about almost about four years ago, uh, I was like, first question was about cross hatching because like, I love all the lines he puts down on his pages. So, and uh, I like doing that too. So those, that's say like, yeah, like, you know, the classics like Ditko, Frank Miller, McNiven, those guys are, yeah, I love them. And um, yeah. And, and then of course, like the crazier ones, like, you know, I love Jim Lee and, you know, uh, McFarlane and all those guys who just decided that like one day they were like, why don't we just kill ourselves while we draw, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, love that, that over, that over detail on everything that they do. Yeah. So speaking of uh, Frank Miller, if you had the opportunity, would you draw Daredevil? Uh yeah, Matt, Matt's got some daredevil ideas that I like. So yeah, I totally would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to draw daredevil. I kind of like, I'm, I'm interested because you're a collector. Mm -hmm. I kind of think if you did a comic where like you gave daredevil, well, I don't know. I think daredevil is probably like the most interesting Batman variant. Basically. That's what I think. Like of all the characters that are sort of like in the vein of Batman, I think Daredevil is the most interesting. And I would say almost like if Batman hadn't come first, Daredevil would might be like the more interesting dark superhero. That's my opinion. Yeah. I'm interested if you guys sort of share that opinion too. Yeah. Not that I don't like like oh I love Bat like I love Daredevil more than Batman, but it's just sort of a thought I've had, you know. Yeah, I mean he's, I mean he he's he's Batman minus all the gadgets. <laughs> yeah. He, he is the more, honestly, between them, he's probably the, the more, the gritty, like, you know, I, I just got myself and mm -hmm. maybe some things to throw. Um, <laughs> that's about it. Right. Yeah. Um, I was going to, yeah, I was going to say maybe he's, yeah, I was going to say he's Batman without the, the millionaire status. He's sort of like, uh, you know, he's got that, he's got a little bit of that Parker luck and that, uh, you know, trying to keep things together like, like Peter Parker, but uh, very much, you know, they look, they both like to stand on top of buildings, looking down at, in the middle of the night brooding. And, and, you know, so they, they, they do have that in common. And we even have a cover of them doing it together too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, so, so for, for you as a collector, what what got you into collecting? Like, what were the comics and stuff like that 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 got you into it? And, and you know, what what sparked your love of comics? So it was actually Spider Man was what got me interested in comics. But I I didn't read comics really until I'd been twenty twenty fourteen twenty fifteen somewhere around there. Um, and it was uh, Agents of Shield show. Oh. I, they had a comic. I think, I don't know if they advertised it during the show or, you know, something. So that was actually the first comic I picked up was the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comic. Huh. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. And then they had 
they had the Secret Wars event right around that time. And so everything was ending because of Secret Wars in Marvel and then, you know, restarting. So I hopped on with a lot of new things starting there. Um, but Spider-Man was always like my main Marvel character. And then it took a little while. I, you know, at, at, at the beginning, everyone's like, oh, I know Marvel. I know DC. But then I started finding some indie titles and I was like, oh, this is good. And I started, you know, branching into image comics. And then probably over the last two years, I've just been, my pool list has shifted so much from Marvel mainly to indie, like just Mm -hmm. all indie with like five Marvel titles and uh, one DC title, which is Batman. Which honestly, I, I'm reading Batman not because of Batman, but because of James Tynan writing it. Yeah, I was going to ask if you're a Tynan fan because I can see behind you you got some uh, something's killing the children. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe a bit of a and, fan. Uh, some Department of Truth over here. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. No, I, I do like his his writing style and and his character creation and all of that. So. Uh, I've been kind of reading anything that he's been putting out. Um, I think he's doing another like horror title with DC now too, which is interesting that they're going into almost like, almost like their own indie indie line, right? With the horror. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Cause he had his like magazine that he released last year. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, like a horror. Yeah. 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 That's, that's great. DC is sort of making some good choices in that area of like supporting creators like that. Yeah. Oh, was the Oblivion song what got you into comics, Rod? Oh, nice. That's a good. That was interesting because I just, I just uh, listened to an interview with Frank Miller and Robert Kirkman on Collider, which is really great. Everyone should check it out. And, um, Frank Miller asked like Robert Kirkman, like, you know, how do you come up with your ideas? That kind of thing. Yeah. And Kirkman was like, he's like, I just sort of like, you know, he sort of like thinks about like what could have been and then writes a story about it. So he was like, man, what if Jack Kirby wrote Batman? And that's where Oblivion song came on, came into it. Oh, that's probably why he's bringing that up then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to get, get the context on that. Yeah. All right. Flash. 2016 when he got back nice. into comic nice josh williamson oh. probably then right flash 2016 yeah nice. yeah but yeah but, oh go ahead i was gonna say matt's got matt is sort of like your your influences as far as like writing goes sort of lines up with the secret wars element too like did you discover hickman like shortly after you got back into comics matt or what what was the timeline there because that's like your I'm sorry, I'm spoiling the answer for your question, but that's sort of like your big influence is Hickman. Yeah, um, so I remember the G4 when they when they were still around. I think they're they're coming back. They they had a they had a segment where Blair Butler would come out and talk about like new releases, and I I really I was sort of thinking about getting back in the comics, and she was talking about uh, Pax Romano. Um, and I really liked that idea. And, um, you know, I, I think I ordered it, had it shipped to my house and read it. And that was one of the, one of the first books, but yeah, the sort of the, 
the the things that Hickman was doing with with storytelling and you know sort of the the high concept sci-fi stories it's and you know have been an influence because a lot of the stuff that I write individually sort of has that sort of hopefully has that sort of high concept sort of um sci-fi feel I mean I, I did digital forever which was sort of like about a design simulated afterlife um multi-larceny was guys using the the multiverse to rob banks and then the the reset was um i was thinking like what happens if you could time travel but everybody had to time travel to the same spot to and they all sort of had to agree to it and one guy wielded like all of the power to to reset you back into a certain point of time so yeah the jonathan hickman has been a really big influence on sort of like the the idea generation and now i'm really working on not being so much of like the the concept writer um but being the concept writer and sort of developing characters that you um can follow and get into because it's very easily you know you can come up with a cool concept like if you look at oblivion song it's there's this tear and these creatures are coming through you know out of this other dimension and people are going from our dimension in there and you know that could be really cool but there's sort of the you know there's there's the aspect where there's the twin brothers and the one wants to be on the one side and the other one wants them to come back so like you yeah. do have this cool concept but you also sort of have this um you know, family dynamics. So that's another thing that I'm working on in my writing is to like have the cool concept, but also have the characters that you want to, to follow. And the sort of the concept that's just sort of there in the background, sort of making it cool, but you like, you know, you're, you're invested in these characters. You want to, you want to follow these characters. So. Awesome. The friend on, on YouTube here, Kate Titus, he's, he lives in Japan and he works with some kids with cancer. I guess they're watching right now uh, from the hospital. Um, so, Konnichiwa, Japan. Konnichiwa. Thank you for watching. Yeah. yeah, that's really awesome. Man, that's great that you have such a great, you have such like a, like a loyal fan base. I've been watching the chat and they're like asking you how you're doing and stuff like that. Like that's the, That's awesome. The YouTube and, and Instagram comic community is just amazing. Um, and all these people have great channels themselves, too. Uh, the the guy who's commenting a lot, Just Arican and his comics, he has a great, great channel. He'll, he'll shout out other channels all the time and, uh, you know, grow so the community. I'll, I'll, just, uh, I'll just pose this. Um, if King Titus wants to get in touch with us somehow if we could send a couple of copies to yeah. of dino thrashers to that hospital we would be perfectly willing to to do that um and like we said earlier the you know the 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 content is you know something that you know children could read so we would totally be on board if king titus wants to to contact us to send a couple of issues to that hospital for for kids to have yeah, yeah. totally uh ken there matt's uh I think Instagram and Twitter are in the link in the description down below. So send him a message. Um, I don't think his name on uh, Instagram is K Titus, but okay. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, I was on another channel and he, we were doing a giveaway and he won, won that. And he said that he took the comic that he, he won and he went to the hospital and read it to the, 
to the kids there. So he's a great guy. You're doing awesome. good work on top of good work, Ken. Good job. <laughs> good job. Yeah. You're my hero. So as far as with uh, with Ageless Press, is this this is the first title that Ageless did, or was there a title before Dino Thrashers? No. Um, um, uh, yeah, Dino Thrashers was was our, our first um, first endeavor as Ageless Press. Um, to be honest with you, um, pre-March 2020, we had some pretty big ideas, but then, um, you know, the reality of the world, March, uh, we just sort of slowed things down and we we're like, let's yeah. let's concentrate on Dino Thrashers. We did that. The reception was good. Uh, you know, we delivered on that. Um, and uh, we're going back with two. And Noah actually brought the second property that that we're going to develop to to Ageless as well. Um, that is not as far along as um, as Dino Thrashers, but we will be offering another title um, very soon. And I'm excited for that one. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about the appeal of um, Dino Thrashers um, for for kids, um, but I think the second one um, really is going to appeal to kids. It's very much in that bone, secret of Nim, mouse guard sort of um, feel. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's something we're working on, and we'll probably be able to to announce that soon. You know, a lot of the behind the scenes you know, contracts and negotiations and, and setup has been done, but, um, you know, we're, we're going to hold off on, on saying what that is, but there, there is more to come. And that's the property that Matt mentioned earlier by Travis Wells, who did the initial variant on the first Dino Thrashers cover. Okay. And okay. The art I've been seeing for it, Travis and I are good friends and, you know, talk pretty regularly. He's been sending me pages for this next project and it's, it's going to be something worth checking out. Then that's an understatement. It's totally going to be worth something. Yeah. He's, <laughs> got, a, he, he's got a really awesome uh, style. It's, it's markers, right? Noah, but it looks yeah. like it's painted. So wow. um, it's, yeah. uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it looks really amazing. Yeah. He's a, how fast he works and how good his art is, is just inspiring. And he keeps me on task with my work. Like he's just like, <laughs> you know, he's a, uh, he's next level like that's the thing like he's really good and um awesome yeah really looking really looking forward to sharing that with everyone on kickstarter um, i was gonna say so i assume it'll go through the kickstarter route as well when that yeah. yeah i think i think the plan for ageless for for a little while is going to be uh to do our properties through kickstarter um with the hopes of as we grow um, maybe building enough presence that we can have a, a small um, appearance in, in 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 previews. But right now, it's a lot of we're gonna. These are gonna be crowdfunded. We're gonna, you know, get these out to to the backers. But you know, we do envision um, larger things to to come. But right now, it's sort of incremental. It's like, hey, let's. Let's do this. Let's build a little bit of momentum. Show people that we're serious about these things. Have a couple of things under our 
under our belt because then also like as we go as we grow and maybe we get a little bit bigger you know we're figuring things out like working with the printers finding folks that you know we can deliver books is crowdfunding and delivering um hopefully um things get back to normal we're going to try to hit some some cons and and you know hand sell books but right now it's going to be crowdfunding and uh you know hand selling books at cons in the near future with with hopes of you know bigger things speaking of cons do you have any that you're planning on yet like fall time because i know there's a lot of them that are starting to kind of say no we're we're for sure doing something so for me probably the one that i'm going to go to first is going to be awesome con in washington dc um that's scheduled for like the the august time frame um i'll be fully vaccinated by that time um and i hope that you know uh everybody will still be practicing as much safety as you yeah. know possible wearing masks you know we're all going to have to act differently at cons you know we're not going to be shaking hands and, and stuff like that but yeah um awesome con um baltimore comic con if that sort of goes on because that's usually in the september time frame so there'll be a mm-hmm. little bit more time for that and then um it won't be this year, but um, Heroes Con um, 2022. Uh, Heroes Con is a uh, favorite show for for Noah and I. That's in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's like a really small, mid-sized southern city. Um, everybody sort of clears out of town uh, on the weekend, and like all the uh, all the fe- all the people that are into comics like roll in and basically have run of the town for for three to four days, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, there's a, there's a huge art auction. Um, and the show is really about, um, comics and art. Um, you know, the shows, the bigger shows that you have, like in your, you know, Washington DCs or, or your New York, Mm -hmm. there'll be sort of comics and media and, and, but heroes con is really like for the love of, of art and, and comics. Um, so you can just, you can just spend, it's not the big show, but you can just spend three days just going around and just being amazed at all the all the stuff that you see. Um, and it's it's a big con for um, creators to go to because I, I think also um, just the laid backness um, of it. They they go just to sort of enjoy themselves and, and catch up with with each other. So um, Heroes Con, Baltimore, Awesome Con, um, East Coast stuff right now and. Again, maybe as we expand a little bit, we'll we'll push you know a little bit further west. I, I know Noah has um, desires to get to Emerald City Comic Con someday, so maybe that's on the on the list. Yeah, I'm following that yellow brick road, just going for it. That's my goal. Yeah, actually, uh, Baltimore might be on a list of something that I'd go to. So definitely, awesome. we'll we'll have that's to meet up. Yeah, it's the it's the uh, well. I think I would say like. Heroes Con and Baltimore are the two cons where I've been like, this is these are the ultimate like long box diving conventions, mm-hmm. basically. So, but Heroes especially because I went with Matt and yeah. we spent a lot of time long box diving. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what no, I want to go ahead. 
questions for is like the the comics and and the art and the creators and and that kind of thing not the so much the the media side of things and and all that yeah with baltimore you have the uh the the uh, why am i drawing a blank is it the harvey awards uh ringo ringo awards yeah so um you know you'll have a lot of creators at that show because hopefully they're they're nominated or they're there to support friends and then um heroes con you get a lot of creators as well because they have the um the auction that's for the the hero initiative to sort of support some of the older um uh artists who you know Unfortunately, if you work as a freelancer for a lot of your life, you might not have the best sort of medical care later in life. So um, there's a big auction there and, you know, you could sit down and, you know, Scotty Young can walk in and sit down next to you, which is which is pretty amazing. So, yeah, Heroes <laughs> Con and Baltimore Con are cool for, for those two reasons. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I've only actually been to one con before. Uh, that was Tampa Bay Comic Con, uh, 2016 or 2017. And now that I'm like really into like, like doing things like this and talking to people and, um, I'm like, I want to go to cons and now we don't have any. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, my, my co-host on this, Caroline, she got into comics during all of this, during the pandemic. So she's never been to, to any cons. Um, yeah, when I first started going back to cons, I was sort of trying to figure out what what they were all about. And I used to be the guy that was going through the the long box and finding the the issue of G.I. Joe that I needed to sort of complete a run, which I still like to do. But now it's just sort of like going to Artist Alley um, mm-hmm. and, and finding, you know, people that are much in the, the vein of, of Noah and, and myself and Mike and, and Brett, you know, the folks that have that that table, um, you know, at artist alley and they have the really cool book, you know, Noah and I also like SPX, which is small press expo, which is in Maryland here. And, you know, you'll have a lot of folks there that are just, just there because they love making comics and you can find some really, really cool stuff there as well. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, that's great about your co-host getting into comics for the pandemic. That might be like, you know, that, that, that's awesome. Did did you like, Tampa convention do you recommend it it was it was good I I felt like at the time I didn't know really you know what to do at a con either so I think you know being the first time and I and I wasn't there with like a group of you know like-minded people either um I I feel like with with that I I went and I was like oh well you know I met um I had the person um I'm blanking on her name, but she played the Negasonic Teenage Warhead, signed a, a pop yeah. from that. And I I went through the artist's area a little bit. But now that I've, you know, re- kind of been looking more into this this side of things, I, I feel like, like you guys are talking about, I want to go down Artist Alley and look for like those books and that kind of thing. It's like cool things that you don't even think about necessarily. It's just kind of more of a, a, a I don't even want to say, I guess more of like, I was more of a, you know, Marvel kind of person and not looking for those indie comics mm-hmm. to read. Um, and so I think where I am with my collecting and all that now, I think 
I'd have way more fun going to that con and, and going to the artist's area and all that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's heaven. Like I always tell <laughs> Yeah, Matt texted me after us going to Heroes the first time. So we came back like on a Sunday night and like Monday morning, we were both back at our desks. And <laughs> that was like, Matt sent me a text and was just like, I want to be at a convention so bad right now. Yeah, like, I, I, I didn't want to be back in the real world sitting in a cubicle doing spreadsheets. Yeah. I wanted to be back at uh, Heroes Con. Yeah. It's it but that's that eclipse is sort of like just how good it feels if you love comics and you love creators. It's it's just perfect. It's a perfect place. Yeah. 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 Um so we're getting close to the end of the hour here. Um anything else uh, upcoming with the book that you want to tell us or planned length overall of the book with dino thrashers i can i'll cover my side of the the campaign so i'm doing some giveaways as the campaign goes along um okay. that aren't like included in the tiers so matt will cover matt matt will tell you about like the tiers and like what rewards we're going to give but for me personally if you want to give me a follow on social media i'm uh, at noah c ray no spaces no caps just you know noah c ray and um if you follow of course like you know the dino thrashers instagram as well they usually repost stuff from my stories and i'm offering so like for the first five backers on the kickstarter uh i'm gonna do like five like for for each person do like their choice of a comic book character on like a nine by twelve sheet of paper you know free of charge you know that'll be sent with them sent with their books when the, when everything gets shipped out and um then along the way i'll be doing giveaways like that you know whether it's like the 25th backer 50th backer 75th backer 100 backers if we get there that kind of thing you know uh just sort of be doing those like 9 by 12 drawing giveaways as we go through and i'll be announcing that on my instagram as we go um so that's all i have to say as far as like the campaign goes and besides just check it out i'm having fun drawing it i really hope that that translates to people reading it as well so yeah, that's all I'll say about the book. Yeah, so we launch uh, May 1st. We're running all of May, May 1st through May 31st. Uh, we're going to launch about noon um, uh, East Coast. Um, so, you know, if you if you if you if you want to be quick on the trigger for those first five uh, for for Noah, uh, maybe set an alarm for for five minutes before okay. noon. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, so we're, we're doing 30, 31 days, um, all of May. Um, we're also, Noah didn't mention this, but um, he is going to do sketch covers uh, on this campaign. Um, we're going to have a limited number of sketch covers. Um, you know, they'll have the thick cardstock on the outside and he'll do a character of your choice can be you know if you want daredevil it could be daredevil or if you want one of the dino thrashers you can do that so you can have sort of a one-of-a-kind um you know art piece um nice. his pages his pages are going to be available a certain number of his pages are going to be available so if you're a art collector you can get that he's going to do sketch cards as a as an add-on um but we're going to have single issues in print. We're going to have collections in print. We're going to have um, PDFs uh, digitally. Uh, we tried to price everything really um, to make it as competitive with a big two comic book as well. It's 
they're 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 roughly five dollars um, to to you know to buy. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people, and if this is what they want to do, this is this is what they want to do. I can't I can't fault that for that. But if, you know, a lot of times I'll see like a ten dollar book on Kickstarter, and it's like ugh. Like so, we we tried to price them really reasonable to to compete with you know something you might get at a shop. So you know, five dollars. Um, with about $3 shipping. So you can get a book for about eight bucks. Um, nice. You can also get PDFs really cheap, you know, two to $3 for, for a PDF. If you want to just have it delivered straight to your inbox and read it on your, you know, your favorite device, your phone, your tablet or whatever. Um, so, yeah. And it's just, uh, you know, you know, we're going to be spreading the word um, and it's a really fun book. I think, I don't know if we covered this, but I, I think you asked for sort of like what the plan for Dino Thrashers in general is. I think we're anticipating a like a 12 issue sort of like awesome. run that'll probably take us four to five years to get through if we can do like one, two books a, a year. Um, but that's the plan. But each book, um, you know, we're going to continue to grow. So, you know, Two years from now, if we're, we're, we're doing five, you know, we're going to do that same model where, you know, we're on five, but you can do one, you can, you, you can come in. If you've been with us the whole way, you can come in. Or if you're just finding out about us, you can, you yeah. can come in and do one through five. So we're just going to keep growing each time. So, yeah, awesome. each, each book is, you know, it's a very simple story. Like we talked about earlier, you don't need to be like caught up on the first issue to read the second issue. It's a very, uh, it's just a book that's just focused on fun, you know, good old clean action. We want that experience that Matt talked about at the beginning where he picked up G.I. Joe issue 50 and could just enjoy it, you know. Um, that's sort of what Dino Thrashers is, uh, whether what number you pick it up at. Yeah. And uh, for those that are watching live, I'm dropping the link. It's in the description as well, but here's the link to the Kickstarter so you can go there and you can click the uh, save button and it'll remind you when it goes mm -hmm. live on Saturday. Or like Matt said, set your alarm for five minutes before and, and try to <laughs> snag one of those uh, <laughs> free sketches, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a... Ninjack, I'm going to I'm gonna have to put that on that my to-read to, to list. That my ever-growing to-read list. I got that. Well, what, I might have that still. That's a good. That is a really good. Uh, that is a really good read. I I can loan it to you, Matt, if you don't want to give Valiant money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll do a sample and then go out and get my my own my own copies. That that's been known to happen. You gave me um, uh, what was Philip's book the. Uh, warlords of appalachia and yeah I, I ended up having to get my own my own copy of that as well so sometimes that works the loaning somebody a copy works because they they have to go out and get their own so totally. yeah that's how you get that's how you get people hooked on on different comics yeah oh yeah yeah or podcasts or videos yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah yeah well i want to thank you guys for for coming on talking about dino thrashers talking about collecting comics and and everything um i got some of the links below i need to probably add a couple more <laughs> more links down below where to find you guys um 
anywhere else you guys want to anything else you guys want to plug like the podcast or anything like that feel sure free. um yeah Noah and i do a podcast called uh constructing comics um you know, it, it started off as a sort of page design, page review um, podcast. But since then, um, it's sort of uh, evolved into a interview show. Um, and we have a lot of uh, indie creators, you know, folks that are, um, you know, running Kickstarters or folks who might have a book with, say, a behemoth or a source point press, um, you know, that really need those eyes on their book because they're in previews, but unfortunately the way previews works is if you're not, you know, maybe if you're in the back of the book, you don't get as much attention as, you know, the, the big publishers. So we like to have a lot of those folks come on and talk about their books to sort of help those folks out. And then Noah and I, we will do a sort of a deep review on books that we're really enjoying, like the, the Rorschach book or, um, you know, we're, we're going to do Beta Ray Bill here pretty soon from uh, nice. Daniel Warren Johnson. So it's it's a mix of, of stuff. So if you're really in the process as well um, for making comics, check it out. Because, you know, Noah with his art background will ask questions about, you know, like how, you know, how the artists are doing things. And I, as the writer, will like to try to, um, you know, ask questions about like telling stories and, and forming ideas and stuff like that. So we have a good balance that way. Very nice. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks everybody hanging out with us in the chat and anybody watching this uh, later on, you know, the, on the replay. I really appreciate it. And thank you guys again for for coming on. Thank you. This really thanks helps everyone. Lot. Yeah. And thanks everyone who, for joining in. That was it. Was really fun. I had a good time too. Yeah. Awesome. Have a nice night, everybody. Night. Thanks again.